0: evacuating temptation I think that is when God supernaturally pulls you out of the way of temptation temptation to sin temptation to get into some sort of danger to temptation also maybe to make a big mistake etc 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 For example, let's say you are a newer disciple in the Lord and you are asking God to help you, desperately help you to quit smoking. You know, deliverance is a fascinating subject. I'm very interested in deliverance. And if there is a devil tormenting you, a devil in your life, we're going to cast that devil out and you will be free from that devil. And that right there can be a major, major, major deliverance for you and the answer to a lot of your problems. But one thing we cannot cast out is your flesh. We can't do it. Uh, I suppose we could try, but really, do you want your skin, your muscles to melt off your bones? You don't want that. We can't get rid of your flesh. Your flesh is fallen. period. Once, you sin, once you're born into this world, this sinful world, you are going to sin. You are going to fall short of the glory of God. That is going to happen. It is your flesh. You have to keep your flesh in subjection. But this episode today is going to be about God helping us, helping us get through temptation by supernaturally evacuating us from it. So let's say you're newer to, uh, in in Christ and you're trying to get rid of smoking. You know, you've been smoking for 48 years and you're just trying to quit the habit. Well, that's a difficult thing to do. Imagine all of you coffee drinkers. All of a sudden, God says. Oh, that's good coffee. God says, I want you to quit drinking coffee. Now, God's not going to say that because the coffee's in heaven, right? Maybe. Anyway, coffee uh, is good for you, I guess. I don't know. Maybe if you load it up with cream and sugar and baking grease or whatever you put in your coffee, that could be a problem to you. But for the most part, it's a good drink. It's not going to get you drunk. It keeps you sober, keeps you alert, all of that. I've got coffee stains in my Bible Uh, To this day, not a sign of a slob, but that I study the Bible early in the morning and uh, late at night. Sometimes, when you know when you get a major revelation, you can't help but go (laughs) and spit your coffee all over your Bible. That may or may not have happened one time. But anyway, you're trying to get rid of cigarettes, and you you got your cigarette, you know, hanging out of your mouth. Uh, You got your pack right here, you know, uh, zipped up in your little uh, pocket. You know, you got the cigarettes right there, and then you go for the lighter, and the lighter's nowhere to be found. You're digging around everywhere. You always got a lighter. You always got a lighter in your pocket, and there's no lighter. Things like that happen to people that are trying to quit smoking. The lighter doesn't work. All of a sudden, the cigarettes disappear out of nowhere. Do you think that's a coincidence? It's not. That is God helping you by evacuating you from the temptation. Maybe you're coming out of the drug world. You've been baptized. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're following the Lord, but you still have that that drive and that addiction, and you're on your way to a drug deal, and all of a sudden, boom, all four tires are flat. All four tires are flat. The way it's a coincidence, no way it's a coincidence, that is God helping you evacuate temptation. You've got a pornography addiction, one of the major sins that is destroying the minds and the hearts and the souls and the spirits of men and women in this day. You got an addiction, and you go to your device, your TV, your computer, your phone, or whatever. And you go to turn it on, and all of a sudden the screen just goes completely blank. No way it's a coincidence. That is God giving you a little bit of help. You've got an adulterous affair. You've got a fornication affair. You've got an immoral, perverted thing going on. And you're on your way to it. You're there. And all of a sudden, you can't perform. You've got ED. Do you really think that these things are coincidences? No. It's God helping his people evacuate temptation. You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, bringing you the spoken spiritual word in the year of our Lord 2021. We're available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Audible, Podbean, and Truth Radio, and many, many more. Yes, I said Truth Radio. We are back on Truth Radio. I'm very, very excited about that. Truth Radio is a phenomenal app. It has a load of, of course, great podcast, apostolic content, but then also many, many uh, famous sermons uh, from many men of God, including... Uh, the late great Verbal Bean. There's a great series right there on that. So go and check out Truth Radio. Give them a little a bit of an offering. There's a lot of great music on there. That app will really, really bless you, and we're glad to be back on that. So please subscribe to Spirit Signal. Leave a great review and rating. Listen to our past and future episodes and share a link or a screenshot or something of Spirit Signal to your church, to your friends and your family. Contact me at JG at gmail.com follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason podcasting is the future and the message of God, Bible and church is the future of it take it, Gabriel. take it no, no, no you must take it you cannot offer me this ring I'm giving it to you don't capture me, photo! I dare not take it not even to keep it safe Understand, Frodo. I would use this ring from a desire to do good. But through me, it would wield a power too great and terrible to imagine. Reading to you now from the book of Second Peter. Chapter number two, verses four through nine. The word of the Lord says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the world, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, can then condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds, then the Lord knows how to deliver, deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. This is the scripture where our idea comes from today. That God is able to deliver or to evacuate his people out of great temptation. Temptation to sin, temptation to get involved in something dangerous that could take your life, or some type of temptation to simply make a mistake that could greatly cost you and give you a great setback. God is there to help his people during those times. In the Bible, the Apostle Peter uses these examples of Noah and Lot, Noah and Lot, The same things that they experienced, we are experiencing to this day. Noah dealt with violence, a lot of violence in his time. And God looked down upon the violence. There was exceedingly great wickedness. The Bible says that every imagination in men's hearts was evil continually. Every imagination, everything that they thought about, everything that entered their mind was evil. Now, think about this. Adolf Hitler was evil. He's wicked. Uh, And he is in hell to this day with little demons, little imps, hopefully ramming their pitchforks right up his anus. But even Hitler had a mistress that he cared for and had dogs that he cared for. So not everything that he thought about was evil. Not everything he thought about was wicked. But in the time of Noah, the men and women that lived in that generation, everything they thought of was wicked. There was no love. There was no care. There was no righteousness. It was a place of total darkness, a place of total corruption. And I have a theory on where all that came from. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, Then in those days, there were giants in the land. They're called in the Hebrew tongue Nephilim, the mighty ones, the great ones, the gigantic ones. And it says at that time, the sons of God came to the daughters of men. Now, there's a lot of opinions on who those sons of God were. Some say that that was the genealogy of Cain coming to the genealogy of Seth. Okay, you have that. That's probably the most common, the most safest opinion. But around here, we're pretty spiritual. And we have no problem believing in the interaction of the spirit world with the natural world. It says sons of God in the Hebrew, "Bena Elohim. "Bena Elohim, the sons of God. Okay, now think about this. What is a son of God? A son of God is a descendant. Of God, or the offspring of God. You then have son of men, a son of man. That means the offspring or the descendant, the biological existence from mankind. What was Adam? Was he a son of man? He had no father, he had no mother, he couldn't be a son of man. He was created and came directly from God. He is a son of God. Okay, you look at Jesus. He had an earthly mother. Gabriel said, that which is conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. Meaning Jesus did have the DNA of Mary. He was also called a son of man. He's a son of man because he is a son of a human being. Mary. Yes. But he was not conceived by Joseph or another earthly man, as some supposed. He was conceived by God Almighty. So therefore, Jesus could be called a son of God because God begat him. He came from heaven. Okay? You and I are sons of men because we got here through our biological mother and father. You and I are sons or daughters of men. Okay? Then it gets real special when you're born again. Born of the Lord Jesus Christ through being baptized, baptized in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Spirit, obeying the full gospel, all of that, you become a son of God because you are born into the heavenly kingdom. You become a son of the Lord Jesus Christ. You now become an heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here on this earth, for this time, for this present age, you and I are sons of men. We were born through our, through our father and through our mother. In Genesis 6, it says the sons of God came to the daughters of men. Well, there was only one son of God at that time, and it was Adam, and he was long gone at this point. Who else came that was a descendant of God? Who else in existence could be a son of God? You know who I think it is? Angels. Do angels have mother and fathers? No, they don't. There's no marriage or given in marriage in heaven. They're spirits. The Bible says sons of God, beings that came directly from God, came down to the daughters of men. They left their first estate and cohabitated and took wives of men, or excuse me, daughters of men. And their offspring they produced what the Bible calls Nephilim. So you have an intermixing of spirit beings that left their first estate and somehow it worked. I know that's mysterious, I know that's crazy and that's weird. And you know what, we're not supposed to understand how that works. Can I tell you something people who study demons, who study demons are usually greatly troubled by demons. They are usually greatly troubled by the spirit world those who study demons. And I tell you why I think this is The Bible says in Romans, concerning that which is wise, be highly educated. Be very smart in that which is wise. A shout out to Rachel Carpenter, the host of the Wicked or Wise podcast. Uh, She appeared as a guest on an episode in the month of February. Phenomenal episode. Uh, After this one, go back and listen to it. It'll really bless you. She talks about uh, the wicked and wise aspects of people of the Bible. And how it applies to life today. Very, very good insight. But um, there was exceedingly great wickedness in that time of Noah. And I tell you where that came from. It was from the sons of God coming to the daughters of men. And this is very weird to us. And it should be weird. Because if you were to study the depths of that, I think you would entertain the devil. As I was saying, the book of Romans 15, it says, be an expert in what is wisdom. But be simple in what is wicked. Do not become very educated in what is wicked. Because studying wickedness, even though you're not experiencing it, you're having the knowledge of it. You're entertaining it. Think about this right now. If I went out and bought a stack of books on witchcraft and just read it, just read it, never practiced it, but just read it, what do you think that would do to me? I'll tell you what it would do. It would open up my spirit to the demonic world. Uh, The same thing works for uh, watching things that you shouldn't. You may not be participating in it, but you watch it, get knowledge of it, get educated in it. Yeah. You're out looking for the devil. So that's the way it is. And that's why the Bible is discreet and uh, does not share a lot of details on the demonic world. And that's the way this works. That is one of the greatest uh, acts of wickedness that fallen angels ever committed to come to the daughters of men. The book of Enoch uh, uh, references this uh, later on in the New Testament. The apostles referenced the book of Enoch, and that's where I believe. That's what I believe. That's where I stand on this subject. That, in fact, yes, angels looked down out of heaven during a great rebellion in time, time of great rebellion, and came down to this earth and masqueraded themselves as men and took unto them wives. And they bore the giants of the land. And that is where the great evil and the great violence came and the great uh, darkness that swept over this earth. That is why it says of Noah, he was perfect in his generation. There was no sons of God coming to the daughters of men in his genealogy. He was still uh, only purely son of man. He had no DNA of the fallen angels, which is why God chose him to preserve humanity and chose his wife and their sons and their wives to preserve humanity. Okay. There is so much evil and wickedness in that time of knowing he is apparently the only one that is righteous. And how is he going to escape that? How is he going to go through that? How is he going to not succumb to the temptation of that day? Cause don't tell him what was out there. Uh, the temptation for him to get violent the temptation for him to conquer, the temptation for him to intermingle his life with uh, the evil spirits that had descended upon the earth, all of those things. Uh, No telling what else was out there that those devils had enticed mankind to do. Well, God manifested to him because he was perfect in his generation and he loved righteousness and he was a preacher of righteousness. And God said, the time has come for me to give you a little bit of help and I'm going to evacuate you out of this temptation and then out of this world. And it's going to require a little work from you. In 120 years, the earth is going to be destroyed. No one knew when the earth would be destroyed. 120 years. That's how long he, he had to build that ark. He may have worked on it 120 years. We don't know, but God said, I will not strive. My spirit will not strive with mankind for 120 years. Okay? So 120 years to build that ark and no tell him what all God did to help him with that but he built it and he survived the great flood the deluge upon the earth. That's how he was survived. That's how God evacuated him out of that temptation. The Lord made a way of escaping that death. These are the patterns of God that you see throughout the Bible. Temptation is near, evil is near. And God supernaturally steps in to deliver his people. You then take a look at Lot. Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. He left Abraham because there was conflicts between their their, uh, shepherds, their servants. And Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom, as my grandpa Charles R. Dyson wrote, that Lot moved into Sodom, but then Sodom moved into Lot. And his soul was vexed day after day of the wickedness of that city. Thankfully, Lot never succumbed to the temptations of that city. He did become a leader in the land. He sat at the gates. He became a sort of like a governing figure, an elder of that land, but he never fell into the great temptations of that city, the temptations of homosexuality, perversion, rape, idolatry, celebrating their uh, festivals, their pagan idol worship, all of that stuff. He never got into that. Sadly, we think his family did. The Bible says the angels left Abraham and came to Sodom. And Lot showed them hospitality, protected them, welcomed them into his home, preferred them even over his own family. That's why he is called righteous, because he entertained angels. And God looked down at that and said, I like that. I am going to bless that. And he did. And he gave to him deliverance. He gave to him the message through the angels of the Lord that the city would be destroyed. And the angels of the Lord took him out of that city to a place of safety. That is evacuating temptation. That is God stepping in and saying, I'm going to make a way for you. And I know what you're thinking. You're, you're listening to this and you're saying, you know, I've got some serious sins in my life. How can I get God to help me as he helped Noah and as he helped Lot? How can God help me to get out of this? I don't want to be judged with the ungodly. I don't want to go down with them because that's really what it's going to be like at the end of days. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. You know, the evil is rising. And what's rising right now on the earth? Violence and perversion. Violence as it was in the days of Noah and perversion. And they're both working together. How is it that you see in the political systems, international political militant Islam, partnering with the perversions of the West? How are they rising and grouping together? Well, these two enemies have a common enemy. And that is the Messiahship of the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to blasphemy the Son of God in heaven and blasphemy those who are in heaven. And speak blasphemous words against the church. It's like uh, Herod and Pilate who were enemies. They united on the day that the Lord died. And that's what's uniting. The violent and the perverse are uniting in these last days. How are we going to survive this temptation? How are we not going to be deceived? We can only do it with the help of the Lord. And I'll tell you how you do it. Live like Noah and Lot did. Noah preached righteousness. It's one thing to live righteous, but it's an even deeper thing to preach it. you may be saying, well, God hasn't called me to preach. Everybody can preach. You may not be called to pastor. You may not be called to evangelize or be a guest minister or any of that. may not even... Be called to teach a a child's or a junior high Sunday school, but everybody has the ability to preach. You can preach on your social media. That's an easy thing to do. Just start posting good words from God. There's enough garbage out there. Why not have something good, something fresh, something nice from the Word of the Lord? And sometimes, a lot of times with with a lot a lot of times with social media, you don't know who you're speaking to. Here on Spirit Signal, I don't know who listens. I don't know I don't know who gets into this but I know somebody is based on the feedback that I get and just the feelings I get from God anytime I, I, I publish an episode that people are being ministered to. And can I tell you, Spirit Signal, I know, blesses others, but it also blesses me. Preaching will bless you. Talk to your friends about the Lord. You're out fishing, talk to the Lord, or talk to your friends about the Lord. You're out shopping, doing whatever. I know COVID-19 has restricted us a little bit, But thankfully, things are opening up. Talk to the Lord. Talk about God. Preach a little bit. Become righteous. And whenever the Lord speaks, obey him. Whenever the Lord warns you, heed that warning like Noah did. Get your family together. Get your family inside of that ark. Keep your family in the church. Keep your home godly. Don't let sin creep its way into your home. Your home is your ark. That's right, you and your two dogs. You and your cats, you and your turtles, you and your chinchilla or whatever. And Lot being the same way. Doesn't matter who you are in the city, if you're in a place of leadership, whatever. When the angels of the Lord come, when God comes, when God manifests, you welcome the Lord into your home. And you do everything you can to go where God says go, to escape where God says escape. You show hospitality to the presence of God. You become a worshiper. Of The Lord you give your time and attention and seek the kingdom of God first like lot did You do these things like lot and Noah did The Lord will help you. He will help you To evade to evacuate temptation Before the ministry. I was a server in restaurants. I worked in many different restaurants And namely the main one that I worked at probably for the longest was a restaurant that may or may not be famous for cheesecake it may or may not be labeled as a factory, and at least back then you had to wear all white. I, ne- I never understood the all white working in a, in a restaurant. It seemed like every night, like the first table, the first plates of food that would come out, I would dump spaghetti sauce all over me, and I would I would I would have a destroyed apron, you know, and have to work <laughs> with that the whole night. I don't know whatever, but it, you know they just wanted you to look clean and crisp. And uh, it was a great job. I thank God for that job. But uh, that restaurant, that particular restaurant, was known for being a very open to hiring the LGBTQ community. Um, I mean, they'd hire anybody, but especially they tried to, to welcome that and be open for that. And that's a good thing. If you're LGBTQ, you have the right to work and provide for yourself and provide for whoever you call family. And, uh, you know, I, none of us are against that. None of us are against that community getting educated and becoming professionals. You know, in the emergency room a couple years ago, I, I had a horrible cut, and the person taking care of me uh, was of that community. And you know what? She was delightful. She was phenomenal. She took great care of me. We want to dwell peaceably with that community. But you must understand, we're not going to harass you, and we hope you won't harass us. You know, that part of your life needs to be kept private unless uh you know you're the the person you're around is open for you talking about that in the same way as for us who preach and teach the gospel we don't want to cram it down anybody's throat we don't want to harass anybody we talk about it as the lord opens a door you know there's just things you don't talk about at the workplace and that is politics uh, religion uh sexuality weight race you know things like that you just don't talk about it well, while I was there one night working, uh, I helped open a, a store there in St. Louis when I was going to Bible college, and uh, there were some gay employees that were right by me. I was putting together drinks, some uh, beverages for my, my table, my guests, and they were over there talking to each other about uh, obscene things, very, very obscene. And I didn't look at them. I didn't call them out. But it was very obscene. Things I'd never heard before. I couldn't believe they were talking about that at work. It was, it was very rude and very grotesque. And all I did while I was putting my drinks down, I just made a face that just went like that. And one of those gay coworkers of mine said a horrible thing to me. I'm not even going to repeat it on here. But it was a very, very obscene homosexual remark. And I'm a nice guy. I'm a peaceable guy. I don't go around looking for trouble. But right then and there, after his remark to me, when he saw me go like that, it enraged him. And he said something horrible to me. And when that happened, I picked up my tray and slammed it down. Drinks and ice and glass went everywhere. And I grabbed him by the shirt and got right in his face. And uh, I called him a queen from hell. Don't repeat that. Don't tell anybody that I call him that. Since that time, that has never come out of my mouth. You can't be calling people that. That is uh, that is a very inappropriate remark. It's it's a derogatory. Called him a queen from hell, and there, at the restaurant. There's granite that they would set the the kitchen staff would set the plates on that we would take it to our customers. There's granite right there, really hard rock. I was going to slam his face right into that granite. It was going to happen. It was right there. All of us sudden, out of nowhere. Two hands grabbed my shoulders and pulled me back it was my manager and another man and they pulled pulled me back and said take a walk go to the office and i did it was a horrible scene a horrible commotion i'm really i'm actually ashamed of it to this day that that had to happen but you know whatever you know it and, and my boss talked to me he said i heard the remarks that is sexual harassment and we will not take it in this restaurant but you almost you almost killed the guy justin he almost smashed his face in. We got to do something here. So he said, do you want to press charges? I said, absolutely not. I am not pressing charges. He said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to keep working. I want to keep my job and I will do everything I can to make sure a situation like this never happens again. You know, so for about three months, for three months, this guy and I worked together and we didn't talk to each other. But after about three months, I talked to him after our shift one, one night and uh, I just said, you know what, you said really uh, offended me. It angered me. And he apologized to me. And I apologized to him. And y- you know what? We had a nice conversation and gained mutual respect for each other. And I, I just want to say that if you have an enemy and you can talk to them, you should. You have somebody that's offended you, no matter if it's a coworker, family member, somebody you go to church with, if you can talk to them, you should. It's amazing what talking does and brings people together. And just the world would be a better place. If we would simply just speak to each other face to face. Because not every situation is an irreconcilable offense. A guy and I, you know what? He began to ask me questions about the Lord. I was able to share uh, the truth with him. It planted a seed in his spirit. And I don't know where he's at to this day. But you know what's going on there? God delivered me out of a great temptation that could have got me in trouble. I could be in prison to this day. The Lord helped me in that moment. The Lord really helped me in that moment. Uh, missionary Roger Buckland, one of our, our missionaries in the United Pentecostal Church, told me a story that when I, when I was a little boy, I, I used to love, I, I still love when missionaries come to our church. I, I love the missionary spirit. I love especially the stories of missionaries. And he told this story that when he was... Uh, A missionary. I I can't remember where he was at this time. I think he was somewhere in the South Pacific, one of the islands somewhere. I can't remember. But he said he and another preacher were going to travel to a meeting. And there were two buses, two buses that would come that day. And Brother Buckland said to his friend, we need to get the first bus. I know it's a little earlier. It's really early in the morning, but we need to get the first bus because the second bus will be really crowded and it'll be really hot. So let's get the first bus. So he said, all right, let's take the first bus. Well, they fell asleep. God sent them a spirit of sleepiness, and they fell asleep there in their hotel. And they woke up and realized, oh, my goodness, we have missed the first bus. (laughs) We got to ride the second bus. So they got on that second bus. And, I mean, there were people everywhere. There were little chickens in cages and animals and all kinds of things on that bus. And it was hot. It was crowded. And it was just a miserable ride. And they were up in the mountains, up in the mountains, going down this road in the mountains to get to their destination. And Brother Buckland says that they came upon a major commotion. And they looked out over their window. The first bus, they were on the second bus, the real crowded, the miserable ride, the second bus. But the first bus, the one that was supposed to be luxurious and pleasant because it's not as crowded, that first bus, the driver had lost control of the vehicle and had went over a cliff on the mountain and landed there at the bottom. And they looked over and they saw dead bodies everywhere. Okay. You know what that was? That was the hand of the Lord helping missionary Buckland and his, and his preacher friend evacuate temptation. It was the way to be tempted to get into something that would have been dangerous. You know, I've got stories written in my journals of things that God has done to protect me. To guide me. And I hear these things from other men and women of God speak. And I know you've got a story too. Just as God delivered Noah and Lot. Out of the temptation of their days. God wants to deliver us out of the temptation of this day. During this time of pandemic. During this time of political chaos. During this time of social commotion. God wants to keep his hand upon us. To be ready for his soon return to be ready for revival, and to help us with our personal lives. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Live godly and watch him deliver you from temptation. I want to give you the stats of february 2021 for listenership throughout the world number two ukraine i have never seen the ukraine come up on our uh statistics thank you so much for those that are in ukraine that are listening to us god bless you uh we wish you uh good things to come in these last days and then back at number one the united kingdom united kingdom On over here into North America, up in Canada, number two, the province of Ontario. Coming in at number one by a large margin, British Columbia. Thank you so much to our Canadian brothers and sisters who are catching the spirit signal. Thank you for your loyal listenership. Then down here to my own homeland, my own country, the United States of America. Coming in at number 10, Colorado. Number nine, the state of Georgia. Number eight, Maryland. Number seven, Florida. Number six, shockingly, Ohio. Ohio's getting the signal, and that's great because I was born in Ohio. Didn't live there very long. My family left. Uh, The will of God took us uh, to another place. But, yeah, Ohio, so go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. I was born in Ohio. Number five, Texas. I want to say God bless you, Texas. We know you all really went through it. In the month of February But that did not stop Spirit Signal So thank you for hunkering down In your tents Hunkering down in your sleeping bags Doing everything you could do To survive this weird polar vortex We hope Spirit Signal Helped you get through those tough times Number four Back up into Michigan Number three, Illinois And number two, California And number one My home state, Missouri missouri thank you so much for your listenership uh if you're from a state and you want to get into the top 10 you're from canada you want to get into the top two you're from around the world you want to get into the top whatever uh share spirit signal with your friends get it out there tell people about our message uh this podcast touches hearts it changes lives it is the fresh spiritual word of god and we know it'll be a blessing to you your family and your friends uh, I want to read to you some reviews from our listeners. Podbean, Podbean. Uh, you know the the number one user agent for Spirit Signal is Apple Podcast. Second to that is Spotify. Number three is Google Podcast. And down there at the very end is a Podbean. People like it. Uh, Bleeding Lauer, Bleeding Lauer. He says this is a very powerful God Bible and Church podcast right here. You will be blessed listening to this. It is In Your Face Holy Ghost, in your face Holy Ghost fire-filled podcast. Yeah, in your face. All right. <laughs> Apostolics Arise. That is another fantastic podcast. They left us left us a nice review on Podbean. And they say love the podcast. It's great to have great It's great to have great Apostolic podcast. Four exclamation points. That is a phenomenal review. Thank you, Ian, Ben, and Caleb from Apostolics Arise for that. Lastly, from Podbean, M. Barry 746. I think I know who that is, Dr. Mike Barry. He says, quote-unquote, attention whore. Dot, dot, dot. Already my favorite new phrase of 2021. (laughs) Uh, That came from a past episode. I was talking about people that they do everything they can to get attention on social media, in church, at work, whatever. It's its all about look at me, look at me. And that's a very bad thing to do in church. Attention should be upward in church. But you know who they are. They like to sit in a place where everybody can see them. And uh, they do this in business meetings. They do this in voting sessions. They do this everywhere they can at conferences and camp meetings. They do everything they can to get the, asten- the attention off of God, off of what's happening on the platform and on themselves. It's attention harlotry, I tell you. All right. (laughs) Uh, Back in February in this year, 2021, we did uh, several episodes dedicated to Valentine's Day. And the first one was dating in the will of God. Secondly, it was getting engaged in the will of God. And uh, we received a lot of phenomenal feedback. You know, we have certain concrete subjects that we uh, tend to come back on you know, from time to time. And one of them is what we call healthy relationships. And it's, it's dating, it's courting, it's uh, getting married, all of that. We haven't really touched the subject in depth of actual marriage, but more so kind of what precedes marriage. And we're going to, uh, we're developing content right now for marriage that we want to bring to you. And I know it'll be a blessing to you. But this Valentine's Day, our episodes dating in the will of God and engaged in the will of God, we got phenomenal feedback about it. And I can't read them all. I just want to bring to you a few of them. But let's just say that we really inspired a lot of people to finally uh, uh, get a, re- a change in their relationship status. And there are people out there that have felt you know affection and attraction uh, to somebody, and those episodes really finally helped them make a move. And uh, many of them actually started saying, "I'm enough with my way, and I'm ready to depend on God." I got an email from from a VH to spiritsignaljg at gmail.com. And she says, hello, Brother Gleason. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the episode, engaged in the will of God. I wasn't raised Pentecostal, but converted from Catholicism at the age of 17. And now 10 years later, I'm a licensed minister, and I believe wholeheartedly that the God who formed me is able to give me my husband, and I pray for him daily. I though, although I don't know who he is, I have been told many times that that is not right and I need to purpose I need to on purpose by my own means take it into my own hands and get married on my own terms. Some people in my church are telling me this and I just want to say thank you for helping me change my mind. I have totally put my future marriage into the hands of God. Your podcast speaks truth. God bless you. That's great yes. You want it to be a God thing. You want you should want everything to be a God thing. Everything that we have and that we are, our, our uh, educations, our careers, our homes, our cars, everything, we should be able to say, God gave it to me. God did it, and this is how he did it. And how much more so the person that you marry. So God bless you, VH. Put it in the hands of the Lord. And sure enough, uh, a delicious hot man is about to ask you out on a date. I feel it. Okay, uh, uh, JS on instagram dm me he said i've been listening to your podcast and i love it i had my girlfriend listen to it i didn't think she would like that kind of stuff but she does you know it's shocking how many women out there that like spirit signal with justin gleason you know i'm a guy i can't help but make it like a guy you know all the the headbanging music the sarcasm all of the guy uh lingo but whatever reason out there there are spiritual women that like this message and they like this podcast. So thank you so much for all the ladies that are listening to this. We've had some f- phenomenal lady guests uh, here on podcast, in- including uh, Rachel Carpenter, the podcast host, and uh, Sister Jamin Hart, author and Instagram personality, singer. Uh, so, and we plan to have s- have some more uh, great content from our uh, female guests here in the near future. Anyway, JS, he says, I had my girlfriend listen and she loved it. She's listened to almost every episode, especially the episode in February, the one about getting engaged. And she says that her and I passed all of the engagement signs, and she said it's time for us to get engaged. So she's putting the pressure on this guy. Hey, it's time for us to get married. So that's a good thing. So yes, I, I'm not I'm not a matchmaker. I'm not a love expert. I'm Justin Gleason. I simply preach and teach the word of God and share my own love story between Sister G and I. And you know what? It blesses people. It really, really blesses people. But then also, uh, we made the point that if you're dating out of the will of God, it's a good time to break up. If you're dating out of the will of God, there's no better time to break up than around Valentine's Day. I know it's sad. I know it's painful. I know it's hard to endure. But we're talking about evacuating temptation here. And a theory that I have is that if you break up before Valentine's Day, it's going to be a horrible breakup. And if it's a horrible breakup, the chances of you getting back together with a person that you shouldn't have been in the first place, are it's not going to happen. The worse the breakup, the worse and harder the breakup, the badder the breakup, the less chance you're going to get back together with that person. And sure enough, I know of five listeners that contacted me and said I broke it off. Right before Valentine's Day, I know it's tough. I know it's painful, painful. But God will help heal your heart. I, I, you know, there's not a single person out there uh, nowadays. Well, maybe there might be a few, but it, it takes a while to find the right one. You know, you kind of have to date and explore the will of God. Okay, and you know, we've been through that. We understand that. But God helps you to move on. It helps them to move on. It's just a beautiful thing. We all get along. We're all going to end up, end up in heaven together someday. So uh, everything's going to be okay. But uh, a certain pastor a uh, friend of mine messaged me on Facebook, and he says, Hey, brother, hope you're doing well. I just wanted you to know your podcast really spoke to a really good man in my church. He's been in a courting relationship. Red flags began to surface not long ago. In time, more red flags. Because they matched and the chemistry was there, and it was hard for him to do what he felt to do was the right thing. Though they had the chemistry, the purpose and core values were very conflicting in several areas. He listened to your two podcasts on dating and engagement. He was visiting her this week. This would have been Valentine's week. And after hearing your podcast, he broke it off. I just thought I'd share this with you. Thanks for letting the Lord use you. I don't know who that listener is, but um, I just want to say you did the right thing. Yeah, chemistry's good. good. Uh, the sparks, the match, you got to have that. But values are what is most important in a relationship. Values 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 those have to line up and they didn't line up in your relationship you broke it off and you know what you're gonna thank god someday that you did let's get on over to some uh, news views and reviews jerry nadler is back in the news now i believe wholeheartedly like paul said in acts you should not speak out against a leader you should not curse the leader Of the people I believe in that I agree with that but this Jerry Nadler is an absolute schmuck he is an absolute putz and I don't know what it is about this guy but every time I see him every time he speaks he can't even say a paragraph without making me want to slam something down I call him the penguin he looks like penguin from Gotham and my blood is just boiling just thinking about this guy He said recently in the news, on the floor, on the floor of Congress, that we don't need God in this Congress. I think we are seeing the consequences of rejecting God here in our country today. And this bill speaks directly against what is laid out in Scripture. Our government, through this bill, is going to redefine what a woman is and what a man is. It can be anyone who identifies in that gender. Mr. Stuby, what any religious tradition ascribes as God's will... Is no concern of this Congress. I can't believe he would say that. Why does he even need to go there? Why would he say that? You know, Nadler, isn't he a Jew? I'm pretty sure he's a Jew. He's probably a lapsed or an apostate Jew now. But this guy is trouble for this country and for the spirit world. Whatever happened to the main leadership principle that the USA used to govern by? And that is the principle of the most good for the most people. And I'll tell you what this is all about. It's all about the Equality Act. And you have men from the right, the Republican side. Understand this. I don't endorse any platform. I don't I don't belong to any political affiliation. And for the most part, I keep it very, very private. But when it comes to God and it comes to religious freedoms and it comes to church, I really feel to talk about it because it's spiritual. You want to get into more depth about it? Check out State of the Nation with uh, Danny Torres. He was on uh, this podcast uh, uh uh, recently had phenomenal things to say. Go and check him out. He'll, he'll tell you uh, about the political spectrum of the world and the times and the seasons we're in. But at this Equality Act, its agenda is to close the doors of churches. This Equality Act is for getting rid of the Bible. That's what I think is going on. And they're using legislation, just like the angel said to Gabriel that would happen in the end of days, that the beast will seek to change times and laws. And that's what's going on here. And, and Nadler is up there spewing diary of the mouth about it, saying we don't need God here in this Congress. You know, let's pass through this equality act. What about the most good for the most people? Do you realize the LGBTQ community? Yes, they have a right to live, but the uh, heterosexual Christian marriage is much more popular than that. Don't you care about how we feel? I mean, I'm not comfortable with a woman coming in the men's restroom. Okay. I I, I don't want that. I don't want women competing in men's sports. Come on. Now that that's just an invasion of gender privacy. Uh, We got a coffee shop that I love to go to. There is a woman that works there, and believe me, she is a woman. She has got the. I, I have no problem with a woman being a woman. Okay, and I'm not. But she's got the woman. The Lord has enlarged her borders, okay? All right? She is a girl. She's got a girl voice. She's got a girl face. She's got girl this and girl that, everything. She's a girl. But she's got on her name tag, he, him. I'm not going to call her sir. I'm not going to call her man, although she would like that. But I'm like, you know what? You, you got the haircut going on. You might chop off something here in the near future. That would, you know. But no. I'll call you you. I'll call you by your name. You can't biologically change your gender. You just can't do it. But I'm not going to say all that to this person. I'm going to tell her what I want for my coffee drink. I'm going to tell her thank you. I'm going to tell her have a nice day. I'm not going to get in her face about that, but whatever. Why is it that this community is so, is putting so much pressure on the church and putting so much pressure on the, on the heterosexual Christian family? Let me tell you this. If it weren't for heterosexuality, there would be no LGBTQ community because LGBTQ can't. Uh, reproduce that is why they are so uh out there putting pressure to convert you know because they can't reproduce they're probably going to look into cloning maybe if they haven't already done it i don't know but there would be no uh none of these lgbtq that are uh, families and adopting you couldn't adopt if it weren't for heterosexuality so we need to have a say in this okay all right we need to have a say in this okay and I think we're making a big mistake. You know, Obama did everything he could to push it through. And Biden's doing everything he can uh, to push it through to create a diverse and a perverse, majorly a perverse uh, society. But this Nadler, he's the guy that said the Oregon riots were a hoax. You remember that? Remember that? I mean, The guy's hysterical. Doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he was a very, very obese man. And congratulations to him for getting his stomach sewed up, his colon sewed up, whatever else got sewed up, and he lost 100 pounds. As far as I'm concerned, he lost the best 100 pounds of himself. I miss him being more overweight. That was the best part of himself, that overweight. Now that all that's boiled down to it is his hate, his hate and his rage and his uh, hysteria. You now that's all that's out there. Michael Savage calls him the uh, dis- disheveled subway flasher. <laughs> He also says in his in his book, "Our Fight for America," that he looks like a a deli clerk who just got caught with his finger on the scale. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I've seen this guy in the media. You know, he's up there talking in one clip up up there in some uh, DNC uh, meeting, some press conference, and he and he closes his remarks and he begins to step away slowly from uh, the podium, and he soils his trousers. I mean, you can hear in the microphone the bowel broth coming out. And he slowly uh, walks away as Nancy Pelosi awkwardly uh, gets the po- podium and, and he wobbles his way out into the meeting. I mean, this guy, I mean, the, the things are just going wrong for him. I, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And in this clip, I was so mad, so mad to hear him come against God and come against his word. You, learn, you ought to be ashamed. You, you know better and you learned better growing up in a Jewish family and Jewish schools. This is the same guy that led the uh, hearings for the impeachment trial of Trump, which they lost, by the way. But I I, I figured it out. I figured it's all about envy. They envy Trump, especially Nadler, both uh, both being from New York. While Trump was slim, Nadler was obese. That's right. While Trump was handsome, Nadler was hideous. Trump was tall. Nadler was short. Trump got rich. Nadler was broke. Trump rode around in helicopters. Nadler had to take taxis. Trump wins. Nadler loses. And Nadler, you've gone too far, you penguin, you. You. (laughs) Penguin. (laughs) Batman. (laughs) Gotham. dnc ha ha america we don't need god we need lgbtq running this world Nadler, you better be careful all that laughing and coughing your ma- as- you're liable to laugh and cough your pants down and you know, he wears his pants up to his breasts you know he's got to do that after after that surgery and all that weight loss man you watch this guy he has put his words on god and god is not mocked and his word is not mocked Nadler will come down you watch he will fall. They're also coming after Dr. Seuss. What in the world? I mean, this, how much more of this can we take? This is absolute craziness. It's hysteria. Savage also says liberalism is a mental disorder. I'm believing that. I see that. It is a mental disorder. Things just don't make sense. What is good is called evil, and what's evil is called good. Dr. Seuss books are phenomenal. Some of the greatest children's books ever written but they're calling them racist, racist. If they're going to get rid of Dr. Seuss books, it's only a matter of time before they're trying to start, come after the Bible. I have felt it. I have seen it. They're going to begin to call the church racist. They're going to begin to call the Bible racist, and they're going to do everything they can to cancel it, to get rid of the church and close up the Bible, all on a false pretense. It's all false witness. And it is all false accusations. We'll probably have more to say about it in the near future. Thanks for listening. I'm Justin C. Gleason, your host.